0: 1 and verse 1. We're going to read a, a few scriptures here, and then we're going to go to Luke chapter 14. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. This may seem insignificant. Hopefully, as we go along this sermon and we begin to discuss this, we will recognize the significance of his words. But it says, Paul and Timotheus the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and the deacons, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, this is his greeting to the church at Philippi and the saints at Philippi, as he begins to introduce his letter. He says in verse 3, I thank God, my God, upon every remembrance of you, always in prayer, every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, I have kept you in prayer and I have sought to be with you. number six, this being, of course, his reason for continually thinking and praying and thanking God for them. He says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm going to read that in the New International Version again just to provide a little bit more clarity as to what he's saying. It says, Philippians one six in the New International Version says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He will carry it on unto completion. He's going to complete it. Amen? If we could head over to Luke chapter 14 and verse 28. Luke chapter 14 and verse 28. I do want to say I am so uh, thankful. I am excited about all that God is doing around here. Amen. Hallelujah. It's wonderful to have all you back here. It's wonderful to have Sister Tracy with us. Uh, Praise God. Her and her her grandson. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's so wonderful to see her again. We were talking about you just yesterday. I'm telling you, just yesterday I was talking to Veronica on the phone about you. Maybe you talked to her. I don't know. But no, praise God. See, that's how God works. Amen. That's how God works. It's wonderful to have her and, and everybody else here. I am so excited to announce that on Thursday, uh, I'm sorry, Friday, Friday, Ken was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of his sins. Hallelujah. So we're very thankful he's not here today, but we're thankful for what God has done in his life. In two months, we've now baptized nine in the name of Jesus. And we are thankful for what God is doing in these lives. And we just want to keep praying for them and rejoicing with them. Amen. Hallelujah. Because what a wonderful thing. Oh, to have our sins buried in a watery grave. What a beautiful, wonderful, wonderful thing that is. So let's continue to rejoice with Ken, and uh, let's continue to rejoice with Scarlett, who's also not here today. She was here Wednesday, but she was baptized last Sunday, and uh, we rejoice with her as well. Several families are out today. I don't know why. It just happened to be that perfect storm, you know, where several families are out at the same time. But, but man, uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't matter who else is here. God's here, and that's it's His presence has been incredible. Hallelujah! All right, Luke chapter fourteen, verse twenty-eight. Pastor, just stop. Get on with your sermon. I got a lot to thank God for. I could stand here for the whole day and thank God and testify about the goodness of Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 14, verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first, and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it. Now that's just wisdom. Lest haply. After he hath laid the foundation, he's not able to finish it. And all that behold it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. I'd like to, to really draw our attention to this idea. If you're going to build something, you better make sure you sit down, budget it out. Make sure you got the funds to finish that project, right? Today, I just want to preach you for a little while on this topic. Did he count the cost? I feel the Holy Ghost. Did he count the cost? Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now one more time and just ask that he would speak to us and open up our hearts and help us to understand his word. Lord, we're so thankful for your word. I pray, God, that you would help me today to to bring this word to life. Help me today, Lord Jesus, to bring this to life, that everyone who hears me this morning, they will understand, Lord God, that you are drawing them and you're working on their behalf. Thank you for setting the foundation of faith, Lord God, in this place. I pray, Lord, you'd use me. Let me say only what you want me to say, nothing more and nothing less. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, you're good. And I love you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, I worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you. You can be seated. Now, my wife noticed, I don't know if anybody else noticed that this is a graphic that we uh, used a couple years ago in 2019. In fact, I preached a sermon in 2019 called Counting the Cost of Discipleship. I used these scriptures in Luke chapter 14 for truly the purpose that Jesus gave these scriptures Was to warn the disciples in that day there's gonna be a lot that comes against you. Living for me doesn't necessarily mean that from this point on you're gonna have this blessed life with a bunch of money and a bunch of friends and and all that, but rather you may lose some family members, you may lose some friends. You may have to lose some pleasurable uh, activities in your life. There's places you can't go, things you can't do, things words you can't say. Come on, amen, amen, hallelujah. And Jesus wasn't uh, pulling any punches. He didn't want to make it pretend like this is just an easy little thing that you can just slide into. Now I'm a Christian. He says... No, but if you're going to consider following me, it would be wise that you'd sit down and count the cost first. Now today, I'm using these scriptures for a different reason. Because the wisdom that Jesus expressed in these scriptures, it far surpasses the immediate meaning. He warns us, it is wise To sit down and count the cost lest we begin something that we cannot finish. In fact, he asks the question, which one of you would lack the wisdom to sit down and count the cost first? Which one of us, among us, would choose if we're going to build something or do something not to first sit down and make a plan and a budget for that thing he implies look this is just common sense right it's common sense and none of you would dare sit down to build and, and a plan to build the tower and not first sit down and count the cost So as I was in prayer and I began to consider these passages of Scripture, I began to ask myself the same question. Of course, I have had to count the cost as to my personal walk with God and discipleship. I had to consider what it means and what it will take in order for me to go all the way. But if it's wisdom for all to plan, and to budget. And I I apologize. Maybe today I'm just introducing you to some of my ponderings. That could be a dangerous place. Praise God. But I'm just introducing you to some of my ponderings. Today, my curiosity was piqued as I began to ask this question in prayer. If it is wisdom if you're going to build something to sit down first and count the cost, did you, God, count the cost? Did you consider the cost of all that you have built? Did you consider the cost of creation? As your spirit moved upon the face of the waters, were you counting the cost of what creation would produce? I know sometimes we don't consider the intricacies of creation. The Bible tells us that creation sings the praises of God. Why? Because it is glorious, and it is massive, and the only one who could really control and be in charge over nature, it is God. It is the one who created it all. Amen. Hallelujah. Job, who was sitting there in his, in his, uh, 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 beaten down state having lost his family lost his finances lost his health and now having to stare at his fi- as its friends as they mocked him and and accused him well god he came onto the picture and he began to try to bring some perspective to job who was questioning all of god and questioning if god was good enough and questioning if god had the potential to save him or help him. And this is what God said in Job 38, 39, wilt thou hunt the prey for the lion? You see, he knew Job was a farmer and Job knew how difficult it was to feed his animals. Yet God said, don't you know that I provide the prey for the lion? Don't you know it is I that fill the appetite of the young lion's When they couch in their dens and abide in the covert to lie in wait, who provideth for the raven his food? When his young ones cry unto God, they wonder for lack of meat. What he's trying to say is, I am the source of all of nature. And the only reason this ecosystem continues to move is because God is providing the means to make it happen. There is a story that has been circulating among the Arab Christians. It's been circulating for many centuries. It's about Solomon. Certainly it is a parable, if you will. The story goes that Solomon once made an arrangement with God, fancying himself as almost as wise as God. Solomon told God that he was prepared to take over management of the seas. He was prepared now. Don't worry about feeding the fish me and my splendor, my glory, we will feed the fish. Well, the story goes that God granted his requests. Solomon sat down and he put together a great grand plan to provide food and nourishments for the fish of the sea and the sea animals, and he gathered all of the resources he had, all of the men and women who worked under him, and gathered them all together, put together a flawless plan. They began to dump their food into the sea. Early in the morning, hours went by as they continued to dump. They were getting tired and worn out, sweat dripping down their face, All the food that they had about to be gone, the final bag they dropped into the sea, and they began to rejoice and say, look at the splendor of Solomon, and look at how great this man is. Well, the story goes about that time, a little perch lifted his head out the water and said, hey, Solomon. It's getting kind of late. Where's lunch? (laughs) Hallelujah. The idea being you just don't know all that God has in operation in this world. Did he know just how intricate it would be to have to feed the fish and to provide for the raven? Hallelujah. How in depth of a process this would be to cr- allow creation to continue its process. This is such a great cost, something that only God is able to perform. Hallelujah. But I believe, of course, he knew exactly what he was getting into. And he was prepared for. Why are you bringing this up Aaron? Well the Bible says are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall fall on the ground without your father he says but the very hairs of your head are all numbered fear ye not ye are of more value than many sparrows and if God would feed the sparrows and if God would keep the fish in the ocean fed then you better believe he's already prepared for you and your family. Praise God. You better believe you who are much more valuable than the sparrows or the fish in the sea that he's already provided the funds and he's already provided the food and he's already prepared to clothe you as the lilies of the valley. Praise God. Oh, praise the Lord. Sometimes we act as though there is a, a lacking in the kingdom of the Lord. Listen, just because your pockets are empty doesn't mean he his is. Oh, come on, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why he says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8, fear ye not or be not ye therefore like unto them for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask of them. How do you know what I need already, God? How do you know what I need in my fridge? How do you know how much money I need to survive? That's because before the foundations of the earth, he sat down at his heavenly desk, and he began to write out the budget. This is how much they're going to need for this. This is how much... Before you even had a chance to know your need, God already had a means of providing your needs. Hallelujah. God, did you count the cost? Oh, you better believe He did. He counted the cost. He knew exactly what went into building this world. He knew exactly what went into creating you and I. He knew exactly what he was doing when he put that tree of good and evil in the garden. It wasn't taking God by surprise that they fell. Come on. Hallelujah. You gotta really have trust in the devil and and no faith in God if you believe that God was taken by surprise by Eve eating of that apple. You see, no, but God already accounted for our sins. God already prepared for the fall of man. That's why even in the, the, uh, even as he was pronouncing the cursing on the, the serpent and, and on the woman and on the man and, and everything because of their sins, he includes a little prophecy, a little hope. Hallelujah. He knew exactly what was coming down the line. He said one day the woman's seed would bruise the head of the serpent, but the head of the serpent would bruise his heel. That was a prophecy that one day the son of man would come. One day hallelujah God would row himself in flesh and although he would bruise his heel on the cross he would crush the head of the serpent and he would deliver us from our sins from the very beginning of time God already counted the call from the very beginning of time God already counted the cost. Hallelujah. The cross wasn't in response to the world state, it was a planned, sought out. Hallelujah. It was cal- absolute, it was calculated. He knew, hallelujah, nobody would be able to die for the sins of humanity. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. And that means if nobody else can do it, before I even create the first bug, before I even create the fish in the sea, before I even form dust into man, I already prepared that I would take on the robe, the flesh of man. And I'm... Come on, before he ever breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam, he already planned to enter into the world as the second Adam. <laughs> oh the robot. hallelujah I believe as he was breathing that life into Adam's nostrils brother bread hallelujah At that same moment possibly he had already considered it was already in the plan that one day a mighty rushing wind would fall on the day of Pentecost hallelujah and all oh, that were in there would be filled with the Holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues ho ha hallelujah he already planned for it he already prepared for it he knew we'd be sinners and he knew he'd have to die but God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish hallelujah And he knew he wasn't going to be dying for friends. He knew he was going to be dying for sinners. He knew he'd be dying for enemies. Hallelujah. He already took that into account. Can I inform you that he knew all your sins before you even committed them? You didn't shock God. God. You didn't shock God when you stole that thing or you said that thing, you did that thing. Heaven wasn't like, wait a minute, what is he doing? Yes. No, but God, he says, here he goes. Oh, I can't hardly wash. This is the moment he's going to make that mistake. I can't hardly watch, it, but but it's all right, Michael. It's all right, Gabriel, because he made that mistake, but I've already accounted for this mistake. I've already planned for this mistake, and I've already made a path for him to find redemption and for him to find forgiveness and for him to find his way back because he considered the cause. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Can, can I just suggest something here? As that spirit was moving upon the face of the the, the earth, uh, upon the face of the, the darkness, uh, before he even created the world, uh, hallelujah, I believe he had you in mind. He knew that in 2022, hallelujah, February 20th, 2022, hallelujah, that you'd be sitting in a church, a small little church in Stewart, Florida. He knew that there'd be an empty chair there. Hallelujah, he knew that somebody would get you that invitation. He knew before the world even began. As he, hallelujah, traveled upon the face of the depth, he knew exactly where you would be. He chose you before the foundation of the world. He prepared you as his preacher, as his servant, as his holy one. He prepared you as a disciple. He prepared you holy. He made a pathway for you to be blameless in love. Having, verse 5, predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. He already prepared to be your father. Even at the beginning. He already prepared to bring you into his family. Could you you just think about that for a moment? He knew everything you'd do. He knew everything you'd be. And yet he still predestined you. Unto the adoption of children. Oh, Jesus. Oh, pastor, if that's the case, then how do I have free will? That mean I don't have free will. That's not it. You see, because he took an account. He knows all things. That doesn't mean he makes you do all things. He sat down and he took an account. He said, this person right here, they're going to make a bad decision. And I can't change that, but I can try to put in his pathway a way back. He knew what you were going to do. He knew what you were going to say. He knew what choice you were going to make. And he predestined you according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted. Can you imagine that? That even though He knew who I would be and what I would do, He already accepted me in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to what the riches of his grace see he accounted for it he accounted for it at the very beginning he said they're going to need a whole bunch of grace here i better make sure i store up the riches of my grace <sighs> He says, Don't worry about it because I've already got enough. Let me tell you something His grace is sufficient for you. His grace is sufficient for you. I, look, I don't know what you're going through, and to be honest, it doesn't even matter. I already know He's accounted for it, and His grace is sufficient. He already knows how to take you through it. He already knows how to take you out of it. His grace is sufficient for
1: you.
0: Because he sat down and he counted the cost. I had a friend of mine recently. He told me this said the most comforting thing I've ever heard was that God already knew my stupid when he called me. Come on, you think he made a mistake? You think, well, well, God, I don't know why you would call me. It must have been a And No, absolutely not. He knew your weaknesses. He knew your downfalls. He knew how messed up you were. And and he knew how much of a struggle it was going to be for you to get your life right and change things. He already accounted for it. Hallelujah. You're not shocking God by this. It may be difficult for you, but it's not difficult for him. Hallelujah. He may be trying to build a tower in you, but he says, I've already got enough grace to ensure that you do not stop. I'm not going to carry you halfway and then leave you abandoned. I'm taking you all the way from beginning to end. I've Already accounted, and I'm bringing you to the place that I've called you to. Did he count the cost of finishing what he started in me? God, do you you really think you have enough? to help me through my addictions. God, do you think you have enough to get me through my shame and my depression? I know God you called me and I know you've already started to work but but God I'm I'm beginning to question are you going to be able to finish the tower? I don't want people to look at me and mock me and say, look at him. He says he's a Christian, but look at this and look at that. Hallelujah. Somebody begins to mock you and say, I thought you were a Christian. You let them know I'm a tower and he's still working on me. Hallelujah. That's not an excuse to act nasty and unchristlike, but it is an understanding. I am not finished yet, but God is still working on me, and I know He's still got riches in the bank. He's already accounted for what I'm going to mess up, and He's already prepared to fix it. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why? Because I am confident of this. That he who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in me, he's not going to get bored. Isn't that what we do? I've got 1,500 projects at our house just sitting there waiting for me to finish it but for some reason I got bored or I ran out of time or ran out of money or whatever the reason is. Can I tell you, he doesn't get bored, and he doesn't run out of money, and he doesn't run out of time. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, he's going to carry it on to completion. He's not going to stop until the tower stands tall and all see the glory of God in you. That's the finish line. That's the ending. It's when we have already... Been developed and everybody can see the glory of God, and really, as Paul says, He's going to carry us into completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What that means is He's going to hold us, He's going to complete us until that day when Jesus comes back, till death do us part. That's His thought, that's His mindset. Hallelujah, until that day where we have either passed or Jesus comes back. He's going to continue to work on me. Hallelujah. But I am confident that he is not an unwise builder. He knows what it means to hold on to us. In Acts chapter 16 and verse 9, and I'm, I'm drawing to a close The Bible says, and Paul had a vision in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him to him in the the dream saying, Paul, come over unto Macedonia and help us. Paul immediately set his heart to go to Macedonia. The first city he came to was the chief city of Macedonia named Philippi. He didn't have a single connection. He didn't know a single person. He just decided, well, I'm just going to walk on the beach. And while walking there next to the water, he came across a woman named Lydia who was selling colorful robes, if you will. Many people believe that that possibly meant that she was not in a very good profession. It meant that it's possible she may have been a prostitute or of something of the sort. He came across this woman who seemed to be open-hearted. He began to preach to her, and, and I don't know if immediately she received it, but she opened up her home, And he started going to her home and he preached to her family. Then he went down the road and he passed by some idol worshipers and and some soothsayers. And there was one lady that started following him there in Philippi shouting, These men, they are from God. Well, she was saying the right thing, but she had the bad spirit about her. So Paul turned around and cast the demon out of her. And she was delivered, and no longer could she predict the future. It doesn't seem like your traditional churchgoer. And this caused a bunch of issues. Just follow me for a moment. This caused a bunch of issues. And those who were there, they no longer made money off of this woman because she couldn't predict the future anymore. So they arrested Paul and Silas and put them in a jail cell. But God already knew. And while there in a jail cell, in the middle of the night, Paul and Silas began to sing. Began to sing and worship God. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And as they sung, the Bible says that the building began to shake and to quake. Their chains fell off of their wrists, but also the jail door swung open. All of of those prisoners in the jail, their bounds came open. Their jail cells came open, and they walked out free. The jailer there, he was about to fall on his sword kill himself because either he thought that the prisoners were going to do something worse to him or he thought his masters who put him there was going to do something worse to him. So he figured that death was easier. But Paul called out to him and said no, don't do that. He said we are all here and accounted for. Bible says that that jailer took Paul and Silas, washed their stripes, and Paul began to preach to him and his family. And they converted to the Lord Jesus Christ. Almost immediately, Paul left Macedonia. He would return a couple more times before he would be arrested and taken to Rome. But this is the church he's talking about. A woman who, more than likely, when he met her, was a prostitute. A woman who, when he met her, was filled with a demon. And a man who, when he met him, was about to kill himself. Yet Paul said, I am confident (laughs) that he which began a good work in you is able to complete it. If we could stand today, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your weaknesses are. I'm confident of this one thing. He's already accounted for it all. And he is able to complete what he started in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor, I've not prayed in a while. Well, that's all right. He knew you wouldn't. But you can pray today. Pastor, I've not been to church in a while. That's all right. He knew (laughs) you're here today. Pastor, I've not read the Bible in a while. That's all right. He knew you wouldn't. But, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. I, I don't know what you've done. But somewhere, maybe in the book in heavens, God already has it written down. He knew what you were going to do before you ever did it. And He's already counted the cost of what it will take to deliver you, to set you free. To save your soul. Yes, he counted the cost. This morning, I'm here to just simply tell you, he's not going to let you go. And you're not too far gone. That he can't deliver you and bring you back. You've not sinned too great that he can't forgive you. You're not too dirty that he can't wash and clean you. He counted the cost. And his grace is sufficient today. I'm wondering if we could find our way down to this altar. Just every one of us, we want to invite everybody. Find your way down to this altar and begin to call out to the Lord and say, God, I know that I am incapable but I'm confident that, Lord, you are capable. I know I can't pay the cost, but I know that you've already prepared the riches of your grace. Oh Lord, I'm Oh yes. Oh. carro god thank you lord thank you lord i carro santa da bossa torra ma santa da that's right you just stay there you just stay there
1: Allow the Lord
0: to perfect you. Allow the Lord to complete what He started in you. Pastor, it's been years. So what if it's been years? So what if you've been running for years? So what if it's been years that you've preached or years that you've stepped foot inside a church? Whatever it may be he already knew. If he can keep the earth spinning on its axle. If he can maintain the weather system. If he can provide for the sparrow. If he already accounted for all of that. That he's accounted for you and me. not a disappointment to God because a disappointment implies that he didn't know you were going to mess up and you were going to fail and you were going to do wrong you're not a disappointment he may be disappointed that you fell he may be disappointed that you sinned but he's not disappointed in you he already saw what you were going to do Hallelujah. He says, I love you. He says, don't let your sins hinder you from following after me. I love you. I want to restore you. I want to take you to places that you've never been before. want to hinder you from praying, but I want to encourage you just for a second. Just listen to me for just a moment. Don't move. Don't get up. Don't just stay right where you are. The Lord said, hallelujah, he was about to go on the cross, but he prayed that God would not allow, Jesus prayed that God would not allow him to lose not one of his disciples. And he said he prayed it for all who would follow the disciples' words that he would lose not one. And even though Peter... Even though Peter acted obnoxiously when they began to take Jesus and he took out a sword and he cut the servants of the high priest's ear off, even then Jesus accounted for that and he bent down and he picked up the ear and he healed the servant and he told them that they should leave. Hallelujah. So that it might be said, Jesus lost not one. If Jesus could account for Peter's craziness, his wildness, his his lack of wisdom and knowledge, I wonder what he's already accounted for me. Knowing that I was going to mess up. And knowing that from time to time I was going to fail. Hallelujah. I'm sad to say I've cut off some ears in my days. But the Lord has come up behind me. And He healed it. And He prepared a way of deliverance. Hallelujah. Right now, I want to tell you, He's not going to lose you if you stay in His hands. He's not going to lose you. He lost not one, and he's not going to lose you. If you believe that, would you lift up your voices again and begin to cry out and say, God, I'm in your hands. I'm in your hands, and I know sometimes I mess up, and I know sometimes I fail, and I do things that I shouldn't do, but God, I'm still in your hands. (laughs) God, I'm still in your hands, Lord. I'm still in your hands, God. Surround
1: me, Jesus. Surround me, Lord.
0: Oh, God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice as they leave here today would feel the embrace of your fingers wrapping around them as you remind them you're still in my hand. And I've not let you go, and I'm not going to let you go. You're going to have to force your way out of my hand before I'll let you go. Because I'm going to bring you to completion. I'm gonna finish building you into my structure.
1: Surround me, oh Lord. Surround. Place. Surround me Oh Lord Surround me
0: oh Lord. Pastor I'm afraid I'm going to fall Pastor I'm afraid I'm going to mess up Pastor I don't know if I can keep doing this Oh I rebuke that in the name of Jesus You're not going to fall you're not going to mess up. And if you do, you, you just friends. jump right back into the hands of Jesus. Jesus. Because he's going to bring Pray. you through completion.
1: Jesus, my prayer is today that you would surround me. Oh, Lord. And I'm say, hey, carry, do, do, do. surround me. Oh. Surround me, oh Jesus, let your presence feel feel this place. Jesus, surround me, oh Lord, I want you more than anything, Jesus, surround Oh, Jesus, I want more of you. Gotta have more of you, Jesus. Surround me. Oh, yeah. Let your presence, let your presence fill this place. Hey, yeah. Shall I care? Shall I know the money? Hey, Jesus. Have you weighed me? Have you weighed me?